All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode two, season three. Bet Parks presents Stick to Hockey Live. A lot to talk about today. Anthony DeMarco from the fourth period going to join us momentarily with some cuts today. Not all of them, not a ton of them, but a surprising one, I think, for a lot of people. Although, based on a few things, not surprising. So, uh, we'll get to all that. Let me tell you about Bet Parks because it's a great time to get the Bet Parks app and get in on all the action, whether it's getting your action in on football, college, and pro, whether it's getting your action in on the uh, baseball playoffs, which are about to start. How about uh, getting your action in on the global series, which is going to begin, I guess, coming up this weekend? And the hockey season is here. Tons to get your action in on. The Bet Parks app is. Easy to navigate, easy to use, and faster to win than ever before. And all Bet Parks users, new and existing, can use the promo code JASON750, J A S O N 750. That'll get you a risk free bet up to $750. And uh, check it out because you're going to love it. It's so easy to navigate and you're going to get great action in on player performances, same game parlays, live in game betting, first to score, strikeouts, yards, rushing yards, passing yards, you name it. It's all there for you. Scores, you name it. Uh, and again, use that promo code Jason750 and that'll get you that risk free bet up to $750. Terms and conditions do apply. So download the Bet Parks app today. You do need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. Also tell you about the great people at Concordville Subaru. You guys have known. I've been with Concordville for many years. Bought my first car there in 1989, maybe before some of you guys were even born. And my son going to buy his first car there as well. Why do I keep going back? It's trust. It's Concordville. And Concordville cares. It's not just some saying. It's the work that they've done in the community for many years. They are. It's unparalleled. Uh, they were the first Subaru Nation Love Dealer, Promise Dealer of the Year Back in 2015, they have eight years supporting Nemours Children's Hospital of Delaware. They've adopted 15 classrooms once again at the Marcus Hook Elementary School, giving teachers $500 to pick classroom supplies for each of their rooms based on what they want. Uh, the donation of thousands of coats to La Comunidad Hispania and Kennett Square over the last 10 years, and that continues to this day as well. So now's a great time to check out the beautiful showroom of Route 202 and Glen Mills. You can check out all the certified pre-owned inventory they've got or pick from a list of incoming Subaru vehicles. It is Concordville Subaru. It's more than just a dealership. They also have an award-winning service department, and you're going to get a free car wash with every service visit. So check out, visit or visit rather, ConcordvilleSubaru.com and check out the showroom again on Route 202 in Glen Mills. It is beautiful. And remember, Concordville cares. Lots to get into here. Joining us right now from the fourth period.com, it is Anthony DeMarco. What's going on, Ant? Not much, man. Kind of a good timing for us to start as a relatively significant uh, cut from camp today, eh? Yeah. Um, you know, they reduced the training camp roster today for, uh, to 34 players. There's still more to go. They cut 10 today. Well, they got to get like, get on the move here too because the, the Phantoms start preseason and they don't have enough players at this point. So they're going to have to send more. But the big one is a guy that we all assumed was going to be on the roster on the third pair alongside Justin Braun, and that is Cam York. Were you surprised to see it? I mean, yes, but no. Like, he had a bad training camp, right? He wasn't mm -hmm. impressive in the games. He got burned by, uh, who was it, uh, Sezikis on the, yeah. uh, on the shorthanded goal the other night. 
And he's a guy that they were expecting a lot from, especially the way he played last year, especially when he was moved up to the right side with Ivan Provorov. And in a year where many of us, including you and myself, were talking about that, yeah, this is the year they choose between Travis Sanheim and Ivan Provorov because of all their depth on the left side of the defense. He was kind of the guy who you thought would step in right away and maybe push one, if not both of those guys for playing time. And just to see him struggle as much as he did, and then you started hearing Tortorella's comments about him, that they think that there's more there, and that they were going to push him, and why wait if we think the talent is already there? We knew that they were going to be hard on him, and they pulled the trigger, right? And I saw someone put this on Twitter. I think he just responded to me. That does kind of feel like Giroux's training camp in 2008-2009, when everyone expected him to make the team. He went down to the Phantoms and was up and became a regular by January, I think it was. But look, it is noteworthy that Ronnie Adderd and Igor Zamula are still on the roster, so let's not all panic. It doesn't mean that Connaughton and Sealer are going to be regulars at this point. But even if Zamula or Adderd are playing, it still is shocking. Nonetheless, even given his bad training camp, I still thought that he would make the team. But here we are. Yeah, I think it's... I mean, there, I think there's a chance he could come up before the season starts. I think they want to see how he handles this. Because... You know, there are, like you said, there are other guys here. There's another left side guy in Igor Zamula that's still here. There's a right side guy in Ronnie Adderd that's still here. Um, why send him now and not those guys? You know what I mean? Um, and Torts coaches the mind. Like, we've talked about this. Yeah. I think that this is also partially, he did not have a good camp. And, you know, last night, was his worst performance of camp in that game from an optic standpoint, especially the Sezika school. He just got out muscled and they want him to play with more urgency. And, and Cam's like, you know how he is. He's, he's a real calm player. That's, that's going to be one of the things that is good about his game once he gets it to the right level. But the, the calmness right now to the game seems to lack a little urgency for torts. Yeah, and the thing is, is that like we know that Torch says he wants to play the kids, which I do think he will play the kids specifically up front. But at the same time, you don't want to hand people roles just based on merit. Like you don't want to hand Cam York the the third pairing role just because he's a former first round pick and he had a good you know stretch of games last year. Like you want him to actually earn that spot. And look, the the Flyers on defense, even throughout their organization, are are pretty deep. Like, it's not like they're up front where, like, they have nothing. You know, I think that they they do have a lot of options here. And get rid of Nick Sealer and Kevin Connaughton from the discussion for a second. And you look at guys like Zamula, you look at guys like Adderd, and I think that Zamula specifically, if he just put on maybe 5, 10 pounds of muscle, they would have no problem playing him for an entire NHL season. Like, I think his mind and his ability is NHL-ready. Adderd, I think, has showed spurts last year where he was NHL ready, but probably would be best served for more time in the AHL. But I don't think that this should have ever been a slam dunk for Cam York to make the team. And was he the favorite? Certainly. Does he have the highest upside of all those three guys? Yeah, for sure. But you do want him to play the right way and you want him to have a sense of urgency. You can't just expect things to be given. It has to be earned. And just because the Flyers are not a playoff team on paper doesn't mean that every young guy has to make this team out of merit. There are guys who have the inside track for sure, but even up front, like, do I think that it's a bad thing that Jackson Cates and Tanner Lazinski are seemingly battling for position? No, not at all. Lazinski 
has the inside track, has the theoretical higher upside, but it's good to see a guy like Jackson Cates pushing him. And it's even good for a guy like Morgan Frost, who I think that look kind of complacent at times this season, this preseason, but recently has looked really good. And you like to see a guy like Morgan Frost kind of taking what's uh, what's available to him instead of just expecting it to be given. And hopefully that will rub off a bit on Cam York. Yeah. And with, with Morgan, he ends up in five of the six preseason games. Like that's a lot. And when you got an 82 game schedule ahead of you and it's probably not ideal for him to have played that much in the preseason, but it, it's a little bit out of necessity because they're so banged up, whether it's Couturier or other guys, Patrick Brown, you know, Anisimov comes in and he gets nicked up. He was not cut. He's still here. Uh, Anisimov. He's kind of forgotten because he played in that first preseason game, took the puck in the, the leg and was hurt, but it's been practicing. So um, I think he's still in the mix as well. And maybe that's going to depend on Jackson Cates, Tanner Lazinski, on if Anisimov is a guy that's still here, or maybe he's a 13th forward. I don't know. Um, it, it, look, he knows the system of torts. He's been there, done that, but they're, they're so, they're still so banged up, but the big news obviously is Cam York. And, and I'd be, uh, I, I would think that if they start the season without Cam York here and he's been sent down, we'll see if he comes back before the season starts, they've got what, eight days uh, before the first game. But I, I think it's more likely that Sealer's in the lineup than Zamula's in the lineup on that left side on the third pair. You think Sealer's going to start? With, I uh, think that's Brown? more likely than Zamula. I do. Yeah, well, I mean, well, cue the meltdown, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but... exa- exactly. That's the thing, too. Like, Charlie and I were talking about that. And we were both were in agreement that that's if York is sent down and they start the season with him in Lehigh Valley, then it's probably the sealer. And I said, Charlie, I don't know if I can handle that just from the social media meltdown that would take place. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's going to be tough, right? Because you they did say that we're going to play the kids, or Tord said that. Mm-hmm. But then anytime a kid isn't played, I've already seen it, just like, oh, so much for playing the kids, this, that, and the other thing. They're liars. They're this, they're that. But we know that there's no more goodwill with this team. This team has no more goodwill with the fan base. So every move that doesn't exactly line up with playing the kids or an eye on the future will be scrutinized between here and the end of time. But I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if you want to run a stretch of games with Nick Sealer to maybe start the year. I think it was Charlie, when you had him on the show, he mentioned that they're kind of afraid of playing Zamula full 82 because of how maybe frail he is Mm -hmm. as he needs to put on some muscle. So, I mean, if we're two, three months from now and you have Nick Sealer and Justin Braun as your third pair, then okay, maybe we'll talk about that. You know, maybe they should start trying to explore something different. But if this is just kind of shot across the bow at a Cam York to be like, look, like this, we don't have to play you. There aren't, you know, playoff or championship expectations this year. If you have to, you know, spend, ride the bus in Lehigh for a couple of months to get your head straight, then so be it. Like, I don't think that developing kids always has to be just giving them endless opportunity in the NHL or in prominent roles. I think it's also about teaching them to earn your spot in the lineup, like we've seen with a Morgan Frost, like we've seen with a Noah Cates, who's arguably been their best player in camp, like we've seen with a Tanner Lazinski, who I know you could probably speak to this better than me, seemed like a guy who was underwhelming at the beginning of training camp, but now seems to be picking up his game with the goal the other night. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I look at Tanner and I go, how is it? It's hard to judge his camp because he hasn't played with a ton of skill on his wings on those fourth lines. You know, there's guys injured and, you know, he's out there with oftentimes like Hayden Hodgson or, you know, so how can you actually judge what they generate offensively? I think he's kind of gotten more and more comfortable. And to me, he looks like a guy that I would be, I would probably go into the season with as my fourth line center, especially with Patrick Brown not available right now. So, um, but, you know, there's some decisions to make. Is Jackson Cates that guy? I mean, the Jackson Cates, Noah Cates thing is a really good story of, you know, the two brothers. But Noah Cates is a much better hockey player. For sure. You know, I mean, I think I think we all agree on that. Jackson, yeah, plays in the middle. They've tried Noah in the middle. He certainly prefers the wing. And I think he's better on the wing. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I think the the most prudent move is to have Lazinski as that fourth line center. I, that's what I believe. Because again, this is about finding out what guys are. And Lazinski it has been banged up over the last couple of years. He had the hip issues. He's much healthier now. Both he and Wade Allison, if you can believe it, Ant, have gotten through training camp unscathed. Like that's a win for those two guys, right? They, they both played significant time and they've both gotten through training camp. You know, Wade took some hits and delivered a lot of them. And he seems fine. And it's going to take a lot more than just a training camp and some preseason games for us to have faith that he can stay healthy, but he's off to a good start. Well, as we start to kind of see this roster get narrowed down. So I guess we're expecting Jackson to be the the three C with his brother and Tippett to start the year. I would assume that's where they're going with this. Yeah, it could be. I'd rather see Tippett though with Morgan Frost, to be honest with you. And then what you would drop maybe Konechny down with the Cates brothers or play Tippett on the left wing, like because they did try Tippett on the left wing for a game, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Um, I think more on more than one occasion. And he's a guy that's got the transferable skills to be able to play the left guy side to play his off wing. I, I think you could see that. I think Torch is, you know, he even moved Frost into a wing position just to see what kind of versatility he has. But um I, I mean I don't know. I, I, it's a, who's going to be available, though, too? Yeah. Is Atkinson going to be available come eight days' time? I think he is. From what I understand, it's they've been very precautious because guys have been getting built up, you know, nicked up even more and more. Same I, with you know, Provorov. Yeah. I mean, I talked to Torts last night, and, you know, he even pulled back a little bit of the conditioning that he had planned for camp because they were so nicked up. So – and and he's a guy that's not going to condition between now and the regular season. This is going to be systems work. And he's he's not going to practice them more than three days in a row. So he, there, there's a lot to accomplish from that standpoint. I think he feels like his guys are in shape. That's not an issue. Uh, but he had to pull back and, and change some of his planned, you know, layout of training camp because he has so many guys that are nicked up right now. He's never seen anything like it. Yeah, and it's across the league too. Like this isn't exclusive to the Flyers. Like no, you it is. see, You're right? It's and I think that it's you know the last twenty six months of this condensed schedule just finally catching up to a lot of players from like the bubble to the quick turnaround in January of twenty twenty one. Then the short summer in twenty twenty one. Last year you had all the COVID stoppages, which forced the NHL to cram a bunch of games into like let's say February to May. Then the playoffs. It's been crazy, right? You're seeing guys just like drop like flies in training camp. 
and you see like John Tavares sell out for three weeks, Cam Talbot out for three weeks in Ottawa. Like the list goes on and on here. But like, so when I look at this roster, assuming Provo's ready and assuming TK's ready and Atkinson is ready. And I, I've kind of long speculated that the fourth line of this team would probably be Lazinski with Allison and Deloria. I've seen them skate together a few times in training camp. Is that kind of like where your head's going with the, the fourth line? Yeah, that's kind of where I am. And I actually like that as a fourth line. Like, I, really I think Wade Allison's a, a, a third line player. But if he starts out on that fourth line, and I mean, I think I think that that can balance each other. Yeah. Say what you want about Delaria, and I know there's a lot of people that think that he shouldn't even be in the league. Um, but if Lazinski, I, I think he's a big body that can give you some PK time as well. Can make some things happen. He can he can make some plays. And Allison is a guy to me. I mean, there's not many fourth liners in the NHL with a really good release like Wade Allison. And the other thing is that it's a versatile fourth line because, like mm-hmm. you said, like I could easily see Delorean and Luzinski as a PK tandem, for one. Mm-hmm. And I could easily see Wade Allison on the first power play unit for two. Or even PP2, yeah. Yeah, like he's going to be on the power play one way or another. And depending how long Katori is out, I think that could probably help his cause on a, on a first unit, especially as a net front guy, because I would assume that Katori would have been there or JVR as well. But, I mean, I, like... There's parts in a game that even though that maybe the fourth line, I could see Lazinski and Allison maybe finishing with more time on ice than, let's say, JVR and mm-hmm. Jackson Cates. Like, on a team like the Flyers, and not to kind of kick rocks at them, but, like, are there really, like, set line numbers? Like, yeah, you probably have the top line that will be Lawton, Hayes, and Atkinson, let's just say, or connect me a combination of that. But after that, a lot of these guys are interchangeable, right? Like, obviously, yeah. Delorier will probably get the least time five-on-five. Five. I think that would kind of be a slam dunk. But is there anything to say that Jackson Cates will for sure get more ice time than Tara Lozinski? Will Tippett get for sure more ice time than Wade Allison? Will JVR for sure get more ice time than Noah Cates? Like, a lot of these players after the top three, top four forwards are all interchangeable especially until Katori and Joel Farabee get back. So I wouldn't stress too much on it. And to your point about Delorier, like he's certainly not a liability. Like he's not a liability on the ice. He could give you a regular shift, obviously provide those intangibles that we know the team was very keen on adding this summer. So I I think that would be a very good fourth line to start the year. Yeah. There's a guy that DM me. um, I think it was yesterday and it was uh, a guy named Brian. And he said that, uh, basically that because I had asked on Flyers Daily about faith in torts and year one is a year where he really kind of figures out who's along for the ride, who fits, who doesn't and all that stuff. And his records in year one, first full seasons, whether it was with Tampa, the Rangers or with Columbus was exactly that figuring out who that, you know, who, who was part of the solution, who was part of the problem. And then moving forward, because he doesn't make the playoffs in year one of any of those seasons but then he follows that with four straight years of playoffs at a minimum for all of those teams so and he's and he mentioned that you know how if torts is using a way you know a year to evaluate with players like hayes ristolainen and delaria they're stone cold locks to be here next year and he said mark my words he's going to loathe all three of them well first and foremost i think he he really likes kevin hayes he may drive him crazy as a player and he's going to push really hard but Torts always has a guy like that. And as far as Delarier goes, the reason why Delarier is here 
is John Tortorella. Do you think that Chuck Fletcher signed Nick Delarier to a four-year contract without the sign-off of John Tortorella? And I think no. that Torts was the reason why he came. He, and he was the piece that Torts wanted. So that, um, to me, that was one of the re- coach's requests of a player that he wanted. So there's this notion that he you know, doesn't want any part of him. I think that's bullshit on a plate. <laughs> no, I think that he likes having those players that drag the other teammates into the fight. And look, we know that the, the Flyers kind of were missing that last year in terms of a guy who could skate a regular shift. Like, look, I love Zach McEwen, but should he be an everyday NHLer? Probably not. I think that as a 13th forward, he's perfectly fine. Well-liked in the room if he has to tag in for, let's say, 30 to 40 games. No issue there. But you also want a guy who can help you on the PK. You also want a guy who's, you know, an average defensive NHL player at 5-on-5. And I think Delory gives you that. And you're absolutely right. Like, it's not like John Tortorella got here and then was taped to a chair while Chuck Fletcher was signing players. It was like last summer. (laughs) It was like last summer where he went out and got players that he thought AV wanted, who AV had to sign off of. Like, they have to work in tandem. And look, I know a lot of people hate Nick Deloria here, but I remember talking to someone last week about it where they were saying to me, well, you know, he's blocking Isaac Ratcliffe. And I'm just like, if you're in a prospect and you can't dethrone a fourth-line left winger for his NHL job you're probably not worth a whole lot. And that's no shot at Isaac Ratcliffe, but like I personally don't think he's ever going to be an everyday NHLer. I think that boat is slowly sailing on Isaac Ratcliffe. We're, what, six years post his drafting now? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he turns it around, but like the other part about this is is that most players aren't going to just become NHLers just to be a fourth-line player. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, Lazinski's there. Yeah, Allison's there. But we've already kind of added that they're going to play higher roles because of the nature of the Flyers, um, because of their roster construction. So, I I mean, I know a lot of people are kind of conditioned to hate Nick Delorier just going into this because they gave him a contract that was kind of exaggerated. But, I mean, that was part for the course, given the market for the guy. And if you look at contracts that Ryan Reeves has gotten historically, Matt Martin has gotten historically, this is a going rate for heavyweight fighters who could also give you regular shifts in the NHL. So it's not like completely out of left field. Like that's what those kind of guys get. But I mean, I think just with everything else that went wrong in the eyes of fan base of the fan base this summer, they just want to pick on Nick DeLorean. I, I mean, I was expecting it. Were you expecting anything different? No, no, I was not. Yeah, so I, I was expecting it as well. Um, any of the other, I mean, I look at some of the other players sent down, I, nothing surprising. You know, Tyson Forster had moments in camp where I thought he was good, and he's definitely taken a step and progressed, uh, but he still has a little bit of a ways to go. He's getting much closer, and we'll see what the, you know, the first 25 games of the Phantom season looks like for Tyson and where the Flyers are, and we'll see about him coming up at that point. Uh, to me, that's that's an interesting one to watch down there. Uh, Ole Lixell, not surprised there. He really, you know, opened a lot of eyes and, you know, got some people excited in the beginning of camp, but his camp kind of went on, and, you know, the, the veteran players started dialing in more. The impact of Lixell was minimized a bit. I mean, Adam Ginning... Kyrie York, York's obviously the surprise. Nagel, no surprise. Uh, Brooks, Willman, and 
Belpedio placed on waivers. Nothing really surprising in these cuts at all to me, other than York. No, York's the only guy that has really stuck out here, right? And even with the goaltending, like Sandstrom obviously has been banged up recently, but like, you know, we saw Urson and Grosnick play the other night against the Islanders. No one was really expecting Grosnick to make the NHL. I know that they were saying that he was battling, but I think he was always pegged to go down to the AHL. So aside from York, everything kind of seems to have gone as expected here. Obviously, the injuries to like Provorov and Konechny and Atkinson and Katori and the endless list here. And Isimov has kind of made it hard to kind of follow along and get an idea for what the opening night lineup would be. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, there's nothing really shocking here except from the Cam York thing. And I believe Tortorella just uh, was quoted, I believe Charlie O'Connor just put it, that they're expecting Adder and Zabula to go down before the, the start of the NHL season. So, I guess they're going to start the year with Sealer and Connaughton as your 6-7. And, I mean, obviously, you'd like to see one of the kids play in that role, for sure. Um, I mean... I guess they really are keen on Zamula putting on some more mass before they think he's ready for a full 82 season. Adderd, I think, showed flashes last year, but maybe not the the perfect guy to play in 82 games. And especially the fact that he's a right shot D, I don't know how he would fare on the left side. I know that plays a factor in it. But uh, look, obviously not ideal. Nick Steeler starting. But I mean, I think that's just more of an indictment on Cam York's poor training camp than it is the coaching staff refusing to play the kids. Yeah, here's a quote from Tortorella. This comes through uh, Bill Meltzer's Twitter. Uh, Tortorella on Cam York, he said, quote, we were honest about what we need with him, but also on what we project him to be. He was quiet with us. You'll have to ask him how he took it. So that's how he re- basically being asked how he reacted when they told him uh, that he's been sent down to the Phantoms. So um, Provorov said, uh, we might not be the most skilled team, but we'll be the most conditioned and the hardest to play against. We're working toward that. We all want to have a better season as a team and individually. Um, from what I understand, Pro Roth, you know, if these games meant something, he would be able to play. Same, Ristolainen wanted to play last night, but they held him out. So, um, you know, when you're that nicked up, you don't want to take any more chances with any more preseason games. And they're in a weird situation with this now, eight days till the ne- till the first game. Huge gap between the preseason and the, and the regular season starting. I don't remember a gap like that. The NHL, the schedule is always perplexing to me because the actual, the first game of the season in the league is what, on Tuesday or next Wednesday? Well, I think before that because of the global series, but yeah, the first yeah. North American games are next Tuesday, the 11th, and the Flyers start the 13th. But then, you know, the other thing is like, like the Islanders played last night and they still have two more preseason games. Flyers are done. The Islanders still have two more. When they played the other day on Sunday, that was the Islanders' third preseason game. It was the Flyers' fifth. Well, yeah, it's like the the Senators and the Habs played last night, and they have two more games against each other before the end of the year or b- before the end of preseason. And it, it it seems that usually the the season starts right after Canadian Thanksgiving, and our Thanksgiving is this Monday. So yeah, that makes sense. I know we're weird; we have it in early October, but um, it, I just. The NHL schedule has always been puzzling to me. I think even last year, the Flyers had a really bizarre stretch, if I'm not mistaken. They started on like with a homestand, right, against Vancouver, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they had they had Vancouver in game two. Yeah. Yeah, Vancouver. Then they had Seattle. Yeah, game one. Yeah. And then they had Seattle and Boston, I think. Yeah. So first four games, I think, were at home. And they're starting at home against the Devils this year? Yep. 
Yeah, Thursday, yeah, Thursday the thirteenth against the Devils at home. I have the schedule here. There it is. Yeah, I, I've, I've, I probably should just print that out and stick it up in my office here. But I mean, it, it's they always changed a bunch too. Yeah, well, so, that's yeah. the thing. It's so hard to to, to follow. So yeah, Thursday against the Devils, Saturday against Vancouver. Those both are at home. Then how about this right away? Right out of the gate. Let's head down to Florida for October 18th and 19th, a back-to-back Tuesday, Wednesday, Tampa, Florida, and then at Nashville on the 22nd. Jesus. Yeah. And then then you come home from that and you get San Jose, Florida, and Carolina. I mean, it's a tough month. Jesus. NHL schedules are fucking hard, man. <laughs> and then I'm sure they have that quintessential Canadian road trip somewhere in there. Yeah, well, I mean, then, you know, to start November, you get the Rangers on the road. at. So you start off the month of November at the Rangers, at Toronto. That's a back-to-back Tuesday, Wednesday, at Ottawa. And then you come home, you take on St. Louis and and home for one St. Louis. Then you go to Columbus. Then you get Ottawa and Dallas at home. Then you go to Columbus, Boston, Montreal. Then at home against Calgary, at Washington, at home against Pitt, at the Islanders. At home against the Islanders, it's. I mean, it's crazy. It's a crazy fucking schedule, but at least it'll probably be less condensed than last year because of all the COVID stoppages. Like mm-hmm. they missed, like the beginning of last year when they were just canceling games and moving them, which led to them backing out of the Olympics. It was just absolutely fucking nuts last year. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we'll see where this all goes, but it's pretty bananas. I got to keep the episode short today because I feel like death on a stick <laughs> oh, goodness. i'm fighting these fucking allergies and this cold like i came home last night from the game i got home at like 11 15 and i wear a suit to the game. so i'm up in the bedroom before i come down to do the podcast as i'm getting out of the suit and in the comfortable clothes and i have a fucking sneezing attack the dog's in there my wife's in there i'm sneezing like 30 times she's like jesus christ well if it makes and you feel any better you look like shit too oh so. i just can't shake this fucking thing it's brutal so um so we'll see where this goes but um we'll wrap it up here ant cuz I, I i'm shit that's no, all good man go rest it up yeah we'll see where the cuts go uh thanks for doing this brother we'll talk soon sounds good man take it easy there he is, Anthony DeMarco from the fourth period.com. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm just going to keep it short today because I'm not feeling well. So uh, it is what it is, but we'll crank her up and get healthy and get ready even better going forward. But just uh, not feeling well at all. I'm sure I sound like shit. I know I look like shit too. Uh, let me tell you about everybody about Bet Parks because the Bet Parks app is fantastic. No matter how you feel, you can get your action in on the Bet Parks app. And get your action in on all the different sports, whether that's uh, baseball playoffs, uh, football, college or pro, hockey coming up, regular season next week. Tons to get your action on player performances, same game parlays, live in-game betting, you name it. First to score, exact score, halves, quarters, you name it. You can bet it all. Uh, So check it out. Get the Bet Parks app today. um, And use the promo code JASON750, J-A-S-O-N-750. That'll get you a risk-free bet up to $750 and... It's for new and existing users. Terms and conditions to apply. So use the promo code Jason750. And again, that'll get you that risk-free bet up to $750. Uh, terms and conditions do apply. So download the Bet Parks app today. Do you need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey? Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Also to Conquerville Subaru. Check out Conquerville Subaru on Route 202 in Glen Mills. There you can check out their uh, great certified pre-owned inventory. 
Also pick from a list of incoming Subaru vehicles and uh, much more than just the dealership. Also great service department with every service. You get a free car wash as well. So make sure you visit ConquerbillSubaru.com online. Check out the showroom on Route 202 in Glen Mills as well. And uh, it's a fantastic dealership and Conquerville Care. So make sure you check that out as well. So we'll wrap up this episode. We'll be back Friday. I'm hoping I'm going to be feeling better by Friday uh, to uh, get a little bit more in-depth as more cuts happen and we get closer to the regular season. Uh, But everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for dealing with my looking like shit and uh, for not feeling well, but uh, we appreciate it. So we'll be back Friday with another brand new episode of Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. Have a great day, everybody. And uh, try not to get this cold. 